Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. In case you're wondering, my last name Peluso in Sicilian means large and hairy. Hey fellas. Yeah, that's right. Pell is hair and Uso is many. So you're welcome. Hot girl summer straight ahead. Summer's coming. You know who else is coming? Me. To a town near you. That's right. Back out on tour, show dates will be listed, should be listed either now or soon on jessiemay.com. I will be making a large tour because we are open and ready for business. I'll be in Connecticut, New Jersey, Alaska, British Columbia, Edmonton, Rhode Island, Syracuse, Dallas, where else? Uh, Florida, uh, uh, upstate New York, uh, Poughkeepsie, uh, possibly Nashville. Big tour, couple dates with Carly Aquilino as well. Make sure to check out jessiemay.com for the ticket info and links where you can purchase. Also, please go over to my YouTube page. If you want to watch the podcast and see how gorgeous I am, and you're going to want to watch this episode because my guest not only is extremely talented and informative and educated in her field, she's also gorgeous. So go to youtube.com forward slash Peluso to watch and please subscribe tell your friends motherfuckers tell them to follow the podcast tell them to support the youtube page all of it helps me help you help everybody you know what i'm saying and speaking of helping everybody this guest today dropped some knowledge some nutritional knowledge you guys know i like to keep my mind body and soul right that's the endeavor of this podcast as well as sharing some fart jokes and information about how I get through detrimental times in my life. But this guest is the co-founder of Vitable. She is the director of nutrition at BioAccelerator, which we had the CEO of BioAccelerator on the podcast before, Michael Alexander, and we spoke about his nutritionist. So we finally got the time to sit down and talk to her about all things nutrition. She has a master of science in nutrition, and she herself has been thriving on plants since 2010. And let me tell you, this girl is beaming with life. You know, I always say, well, I don't always say it, 
but I'm going to say it once. <laughs> you ever notice when somebody says, I always say, they never say it. It's just something they're saying. I think about gorillas. They don't eat burgers and they're big as fuck, as well as elephants. So there's got to be something to this plant science and nutrition. So that's why I asked my guest to sit down with me, nutritionist, master of science, director of nutrition at BioAccelerator, Miss Sarah Brando. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. And we're recording. Miss Sarah Brando, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm so good. And you and I were just chatting like a couple little chickens right before. And I'm like, I got to start recording because there's so much to talk about. My listeners already know who you are because there's an intro ahead of time. And there's a weird hair on my microphone. We'll get that off. I, I, my first question for you is something that I said right before we started recording. What is one thing that people are eating that you are just like, we need to pull this immediately from from your cabinet, from your fridge, whatever you can think of that is just a shocking item that people continue to consume that is not beneficial? Oh, my gosh. I got to pick one. You can pick as many as you want. So, I mean, the obvious ones, right? You know, in the past year, how many how many drive throughs were shut down for public health? Zero. They should have been. But for something that I see that people think is good for them, because I think that stuff people, they know, hopefully, that it's not good for them. Whey protein. I see tons of whey protein. So many people are taking this. First of all, most people don't need it. And second of all, whey protein is, you know, that could potentially be very carcinogenic. That can promote IGF-1 growth in the body, insulin-like growth factor one. So when I see people after a workout trying to improve their physical health, putting scoops and scoops of whey protein in their drink after and chugging that back to get healthy, so to speak, I cringe. That's a hard one for me. Oh, man. What is the basis of whey? Is it a dairy powder? It's the pro. It's casein. It's the protein from dairy products. So it's actually a waste product of the dairy industry. These food industries are so smart. They don't like to waste anything. So they find a way to feed their waste back to us. Look at like the collagen craze and everything going on there. Is so- that not? Is that? Oh my god! My cousin just sent me a link for some new collagen drink, and I'm like, wait, bitch. Let okay. me talk to Sarah. <laughs> So you want to have the precursors for collagen. You want to be producing your own collagen in the body. You don't want to be taking in bovine collagen from animals that are probably sick and diseased. You want to take your, you want to have vitamin C, you want to have silica, you want to, you want to make your own collagen. How do you make your own collagen? You eat a really healthy diet. So, you know, good amounts of um, silica in the diet, which, you know, you can supplement from bamboo, for example, but also cucumber skins have silica. There's lots of foods with silica, high doses of vitamin C, not ascorbic acid, the synthetic. That's another one. Oh, another one. 
<laughs> oh, there's a Canada on you. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. I sound similar. Oh. I'm from upstate New York, so there's a very Canadian influence on our accent. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um, so the ascorbic it, is synthetic. Ascorbic acid is a chemically derived synthetic version of vitamin C. And the thing is, it's missing cofactors. I don't understand right. why people need to do that when they can get real vitamin C from food. Like, look at this. I got a big fruit bowl beside me. You know, it's right. easy. You can get it from food. Or if you supplement, you can find, like, I take a vitamin C for when I feel like I need a little bit more that is made of all, like, if you read the ingredients, it's like acerola cherries, camu camu, moringa. Like, it's got all natural, um, just dehydrated raw foods. So, and that- I would imagine, like, synthetic supplements the, the bioavailability is laughable if any if any you know i tell people if you're lucky it's expensive pee and if you're unlucky it's <laughs> your, your kidneys and your liver so yeah it's just that's not where to spend your money whey protein synthetic supplements you know what's the best thing to eat post workout okay so i love like a little handful of chlorella powder chlorella or a handful you just scoop it into your mouth like it's compressed in tablets but yeah (laughs) it's they compress it into tablets or you can actually add it to water it doesn't taste great but you know life is in a endless hedonistic pursuit of pleasure and we can sometimes do things that don't taste absolutely the best for our health so i can't agree more i mean i swallow cum and it's like there you go good for my health (laughs) to all you guys out there that's not just something that's handed off regularly you have to be a special man but i'm also a comedian so i felt the need to make a joke about the cum that i swallow so (laughs) what (laughs) as you as you can tell this is a very open podcast what chlorella is it is it the plant is it the the algae so algae is like a really it's very high protein chlorella and spirulina actually by weight are some of like the highest protein foods on the planet they're between like 50 and 62 percent protein so this is what the fish eat so the fish eats you know the algaes and then that's where they get their protein and their omegas from but unfortunately now because we've killed the world you also get all these toxins when you consume fish right you're getting mercury pcbs xenoestrogens which are synthetic estrogens from all the plastic pollution in the ocean and plastic as well pieces of fucking plastic are in our fish yeah so you just bypass that and you eat what the fish eat so then you get those omegas you get those proteins and you don't you don't get those same toxins you know it's such a debate between you know the meat eaters and vegans and one of the things that i know you um that affects your research and something that frustrates you is just this vast amount of ill and disinformation that's on the the websites and social media and specifically instagram everyone's getting their information from instagram which is a good and bad thing because they read the headlines and they don't look into what things actually are and in this big debate between meat eaters and vegans if you read you could believe that eating meat is good and if you read you could believe that being a vegan is bad there's like arguments on both sides so i guess my question is what are what was what's the hardest thing for you about being a vegan what, what was the hardest thing to switch because i know you've been a vegan for like two since 2010 i think over 20 yeah. over 10 years now yeah what what was the hardest switch for you and then i have a follow-up question about misinformation between meat eating and, and veganism Sure. Okay. So for me, the hardest thing in the beginning was I actually didn't go into this for health reasons that actually came by accident, which is why I became very passionate. I wasn't on a health path. I just 
found one. But what the hardest part for me actually wasn't so much cutting out the food because I kind of had a really good attitude about it. I was really excited. I was like, my diet is crap. I get to actually discover how to eat like a human. There's so much variety in the grocery store that I bypass. So the hard part for me was I had seen all of these videos. All of a sudden, one night I was procrastinating studying for, for something and I stumbled on one of your 14 degrees. <laughs> Not that many, but I've taken a lot of courses actually, post degree. But um, so I saw this video, it was Paul McCartney, and uh, it was called If Slaughterhouses Had Glass Walls, Everyone Would Be a Vegetarian. And I'm not going to get into whole ethical, like that's neither uh. there. But, I, but for some reason, I was just feeling, you know, like ruining my day that day, and I watched this video. And I think it was 12 minutes by eight, by eight minutes in, I'd say like, you know, getting near the end of this video, I was like, I'm never eating animal products again. I was horrified. And at this point I was probably the unhealthiest person in my five girl student house. And I tell my roommates, guys, I'm going vegan. And they were hysterical. They were like, you are not going vegan. You know, it's <laughs> special every day of the week. You're not doing that. And I was like, no, no guys, for real, I'm doing it. And, um, the hardest part for me was I showed this video to everybody else. And then a few others. And I expected everybody else to have the exact same emotional reaction as I did. And they didn't. So I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that like, okay, these are good people. You know, they're, these are not bad people. So it's like morality, I guess, to me, it was black or white, like factory farms are really messed up. Obviously there's other ways of acquiring meat, but for the most part, that's where it comes from. So we can't support this factory farm system. To me, that seemed really, really obvious. Like, okay, I just don't get to eat that anymore. Nobody else in my life had that response. And so, you know, being like 20, 21 years old, doing an undergrad in a small town, you know, where there's no vegan restaurants, there was no, there was no Beyond Burgers at that time. It was very, very isolating. So for me, it was more about that was now all of a sudden, like, I'm the weird one with the weird diet. And yeah, that was the hard part. The food stuff was easy. And, you know, when it comes to this whole protein conversation i think that is a huge dividing factor between veganism and consuming meat and being a carnivore what i always thought and what i have read and learned because i was a vegetarian for i don't know 10 years and then i sort of got into meat because i thought that's where i needed my protein from even though i had started off very healthy and not that you know i don't i don't equate eating meat with it being unhealthy. I agree. But no, they're not necessarily this. It can be. Or- it can be, right. But it's a very specific type of meat and way of eating meat to keep it healthy. But what I learned, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that in the plant based diet, the amino acid profile is already existent within the compounds of the plant, and that that is what creates the protein within people's bodies. Exactly. So, oh my God, I didn't even graduate. You got this. You're ready. You're ready for your master's of science in nutrition. (laughs) So that is it. So amino acids come from plants. They're the building blocks of protein. And, you know, there was this understanding in the past that was wrong that you had to eat, so to speak, complete proteins where you'd get the perfect profile of all nine essential amino acids in one dish. And now we know that that's not true. The body actually stores amino acids and it's able to recycle them and move them around. And so if you're eating enough calories, 
from a whole food diet, so not processed food, not chips, not, you know, you, you won't be oh, in protein. It's almost impossible to be deficient in protein and not be deficient in everything else too. Anyone who's protein deficient has massive, massive nutritional deficiencies. They're malnourished. So that's not really the issue. I'd say the issue that is a fair argument is absorption. And the reason why mm. is because many individuals, I had to go through this. I took um, birth control, you know, in the past, not realizing we could do a whole other podcast on that and what that does Please. to bodies. But um not realizing that that also inhibits absorption of nutrients. It causes gut dysbiosis. It actually changes your gut bacteria, changes your ability to digest, break down food. It changes everything. So anyone who's been oh, on man. antibiotics, anyone who, you know, was exposed to all kinds of different things, anyone with poor gut health, which is most of society at this point, right? It truly is. They're going to have a harder time assimilating high fiber plant-based foods if they're not used to eating that way. So there's a bit of a curve. So I got over that hump because I had my ethics kind of pulling me through, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I, I changed my diet and the clouds parted and the sun shone on me and I never got sick right. again. It was a bit of a journey in the beginning, but I was doing it for me for ethical reasons. So I wasn't really paying attention to my day to day. Wow, I'm really tired and I'm bloated and that stuff all went away, but it took time and I had to get very, very serious about healing my gut once I realized what the problem was. And now, you know, I have very, very good gut health and I don't worry about absorbing things from plant foods. I know I'm absorbing things very well, but for someone starting off who might not know, that's where things like green juices are super, super important because you don't have to worry about breaking down all those fibers. You absorb them very quickly. That's a good way to turn around health. Um, less raw foods and more cooked for the beginning. That helps absorb things a little bit better. Um, people want to go raw vegan right away. Fruits easy to digest, but vegetables aren't. So it's all about working with your body based on where you're at. If someone has amazing gut health and they can just dive right into, you know, a high fiber plant-based diet from the start. It's interesting how when you're switching to a healthy diet, how that can affect your body, mm -hmm. you know, cause your body, like you said, is used to eating trash. A lot of people's body is used to eating trash and, and it's amazing how acclimated a body can become to terrible food. And what that does, you know, that sort of, you know, gestation period in between switching over to a healthier diet. I've experienced it. Hold on one second. Carlin? Yeah. You have a, you have a luxury being in here and I'm trying to talk about proper gut health so I can come to you as a full dog mom and be healthy. Thank you. Have some respect. Oh my God. Children are so difficult. I, you know, gut health for me, um, I've learned a lot about, you know, the second brain in my journey of learning about brain health, the gut and the brain connection is, it's undeniable. Yeah. It's undeniable for the, the structure of the gut comparison to the brain. So many simul similarities there. Um, what is, it, well, first I want to do a follow-up question about mm -hmm. the meat industry and the vegetarian industry and veganism. What are some misconceptions about veganism? that you think you've seen in literature and even in your own journey through, I'm sure your certification process, things that you've learned that are just not right and things that we're reading that are misinformation about veganism. Um, so there's misinformation on both sides. So one um, is that vegan diets are healthy. That's not necessarily true at all. That's why I use the word plant-based. Veganism is- That's right. Thank you for correcting me. But well, the thing is, I think back in the 80s, if you were vegan, you're probably pretty healthy. You're probably eating lentils and carrots and you yeah, know, pasta. Pasta. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
nowadays someone's vegan and they could be eating like Burger King, you know, a few days a week, getting an impossible water <laughs> with no mayonnaise. And they're like, I'm vegan. So with vegan soy isolate in it. Yeah, yeah, with G there's like a proprietary GMO blend. There's like four different GMOs in there. It's it's horrific what we're putting in our body. So that's one thing. Being vegan does not necessarily mean you're healthy at all. That's a huge misconception. Um, but then on the other side, oh, vegans are prone to iron deficiencies. Actually, not at any greater rate than the rest of the population. Um, vegans are prone to B12 deficiency. About half the population is low in B12. B12 is a bacteria um, that we need for for our you know, neuro neuro our neurology, sorry, to function properly. And so it's very, very dangerous to be low B12. But the reason we're low B12 is because it's a bacteria that's actually, it comes from soil and we have yeah. destroyed our soils. Uh, soils are sterile. We're using, you know, fertilizers and we're using pesticides and oh, we're using man. pesticides and all kinds of things that have absolutely stripped these important important bacteria that we need for our gut health from our food and then also after the food is transported to grocery stores a lot of it's given a little chlorine rinse so, ew i know but they will they dip it in someone's like above ground pool what do you mean a chlorine rinse they spray there's a little bit of chlorinated water that goes over fruit and vegetables to get rid of things like e coli and salmonella and so people don't get sick because a lot of this stuff's also grown in in cow shit so you know the food system is oh my god it prioritizes my sweating from this information sarah like literally i'm literally sweating learning about all this yeah i mean hard. because we don't produce b12 we have to get it externally right we have yeah. to get it from our nutrition we have to get it from our nutrition if you've got your own soil you can have you know your own backyard you can create a system where you're growing your own food with b12 and some small farms and stuff will have good soil when we buy things from the grocery store i mean between 30 and 40 percent of all nutrients are lost in the first three days of transport so if you're getting an orange that's a month old that was gas ripened on a truck oh, then of course sarah <laughs> oh my god 30 and 40 percent of the nutrition is just lost in the transportation yeah of the, of the produce in the first few days so that's why when people you know i don't i'm not an advocate of supplements as you know in the traditional sense as we spoke about but i'm a huge advocate of superfoods raw dehydrated super greens things like that green juices having all of this stuff you know to ensure that we are filling those gaps in our nutrition where we should be able to get enough from healthy eating but again like the oceans we've killed the world and greed has taken over the food system so we really have to adult up and take our health into our own hands and be ultra ultra responsible and be careful who we take advice from the best advice i can give to people because it gets overwhelming do not take health advice from anyone less healthy than you simple as that <laughs> your fat day drinking uncle you mean uncle larry i shouldn't hear what he eats for lunch that but also i don't care if someone's a nutritionist a dietitian a doctor i don't care what their job a personal trainer if i see that what they're putting into their body is toxic i'm not taking health advice from that person if i look at them and i see that's not a healthy person i'm not taking health advice i don't care what credentials they have credentials are important of course i have a master's of science i knew the value of getting that of course but at the same time if i look like i'm you know halfway to death in my 30s no one should take health advice from me and so <laughs> by the way one of the reasons i mean i got connected to you from michael from bioaccelerator and you know because everyone knows you're the director of nutrition for bioaccelerator but it, the your instagram profile literally when i think of people i follow in exemplary 
um, images of health. You literally, you beam health. I mean, your skin, your teeth, your eyes, your hair, you literally look like you were born from the soil on a beautiful island. (laughs) And I just want to know what you eat every day. Thank you so much. What's in your green juice? Um, so my green juice, actually, I'm also co-founder of Vitable in Los Angeles. And so my green juice is actually for sale if you're in California. Um, but every day I do cucumber sprouts. So, um, sprouts, like sunflower microgreens is what they are in particular. Um, some lemon, some mint and some chlorella. And that's like my daily green juice. And I, I have that almost every day, um, without fail. Uh, sometimes I take times off on the weekends, you know, for just to give my digestive system, mix it up a little bit. Body's like yep. surprise. It's a challenge. It's good right. to make your body go, wait, why didn't I get this today? You got, it's yeah. like training. You got to keep a little scarcity to keep <laughs> some motivation in the house. And then I do the same thing with my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. And also what, what were you going to say? When I travel, that's also when I take a break. So when I'm home and in my routine, that's when I'm pretty on point with my green juices. And what I can say to people is I'm not perfect. I'm human, but I show up for my clients in a way that is completely authentic because what you see is what you get. I really do live this lifestyle. I really do practice what I preach. People have asked my brother before, like, does she ever just cheat and just eat a bunch of crap? And he's like, no. Well, what is your cheat? Is is there any cheat? Vegan pizza or, you know, things like that. But you'll never see me in the Burger King drive-thru. You just won't. And we're at a point now where, you know, kind of making fun of being in poor health is cool. Like, oh, screw being healthy. I'm going to eat 10 things of bacon and blah, blah, blah. Joke's on you when you get heart disease. Like, it's not. We have to actually be adults here and take responsibility for the things we need to take responsibility. How are we showing up in the world? How are we, if we don't like what's going on in the world right now, how do we get to be warriors for a better world if we are sick and have no energy and we're tired? So I think it's my personal duty to to practice what I preach and to try and really help other people as well. It's really important. It really is important because information is everything and access to information. And when you look at, and I've said this before on the podcast with other um, people who are in the health industry, when you look at low income neighborhoods, the education system is shit and the food is shit. And that's the one major challenge when it comes to health, because when you look at the people who are affected the most when it comes to health, it tends to be low income minorities. And that's a huge disparity. That's a huge issue. And, you know, it's so hard to not get called a conspiracy theorist when you go, well, look at the consumers of the food and look at the people who are being prescribed the medications and tell me that it's not a cyclical business that's going on in this country. We have to start realizing that it's a, it's a business and it's, it is a very strong possibility and likeliness that the reason why these terrible companies like McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell. And I don't eat any of that shit either. Last time I did, I crawled across a parking lot in front of a Walmart in the middle of some bumfuck town, feeling like I was dying inside because of something I had eaten at a, at a fast food place. That was also one of the first times that I had eaten in a fast food place in a long time because I was so, so hungry. I couldn't not eat anything else. I, I literally was sick to my stomach <laughs> Oh, and this woman and her daughter 
because I looked so terrible. They thought that I was like some homeless crackhead. And the daughter walks by it. I'm literally on my hands and knees crawling out of the car to go get something from Walmart because I was in so much pain. And the woman goes, no, leave her alone, honey. Something's wrong with her. Like I was turning into a zombie. And one of the things that uh, I have taught myself is how to fast for many reasons, uh, for health reasons, but also for that fact that I was so hungry, I couldn't wait. So I wanted to teach myself how to get to the point where I could wait and not and not mm-hmm. sacrifice my health. Now, that's not to say if, if you and I compared our eating habits, I know for sure I'm consuming things that you probably wouldn't even put your mouth on. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, for me, it comes to motivation and it comes to like your lifestyle and everything. I'm, I'm a a work in progress when it comes to my diet, but I am, I'm far, I probably eat far better than a majority of the people in the world. Um, one of the things that is most difficult for me to not eat are pizza and burgers. And I'm trying to find (laughs) a way. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even trying to find a way to, (laughs) (laughs) right this is what i teach you know when i'm doing my anti-inflammatory webinars for bioaccelerator 80 20 rule if 80 percent of your diet is anti-inflammatory and 20 percent is inflammatory you're good your body can handle that we don't have to be 100 percent perfect all the time but most people are actually in the opposite ratio where 80 percent of their diet's inflammatory and 20 percent of their diet is fruit and vegetables let's say and can you tell people, because I've done a lot of research in inflammatory and anti-inflammatory foods because of my father, he had vascular dementia and my mother who recently just passed away. Both of them had very extenuating health issues. Can you tell people your top favorite anti-inflammatory foods that they should consume all the time or whatever you think that would be a good, a good yeah. model? For sure. Okay. So the top one that's, you know, super, super easy to add to your diet is spices. Spices actually have the most antioxidants of almost any food on the planet. Antioxidants, they neutralize free radicals. They pull them out of the body, which is, you know, which are these toxins that build up when we have exposure to everything from a super high fat diet, uh, pollution in the city, cigarette smoke, alcohol, whatever it is, these toxins enter our body. We need antioxidants to get rid of them, to keep us in a healthy state. When we have too many free radicals and they outnumber antioxidants, we're now in a state called oxidative stress. Mm-hmm. And this is a state where we are prone to disease, where we age quicker, where our skin looks like shit, where we can't get out of bed in the morning, we have no motivation, we don't want to eat healthy because we don't care. And so we want to get you out of oxidative stress. So um, add spices to your food. You know, a little bit of oregano on your pizza when you're eating it. Put some dill on your salad. You know, put spices. Turmeric, clove is, I think, one of the highest ones. Clove, if you can find ways to bake that into food. Um, And a little tiny bit goes a really long way. So that's the top anti-inflammatory ingredient, I would say, would be any sort of spice. Um, And then let's go berries. That's a really good one. And wild berries, especially. So if you're at Trader Joe's and you're in the wow. They've got organic and they've got wild berries and they're the same price. Believe it or not, you want the wild. They actually are better for you than organic because organically grown is still using organic pesticides, which are better than conventional, but you can do even better and go for wild. They're going to have the most antioxidants. And also don't be afraid of frozen fruit. That's another thing that as a nutritionist, I have to debunk. It's actually flash frozen at peak freshness. So that might have more nutrition than berries that were shipped to you over the course of weeks and weeks. Right. Because they got those 30% 
vitamins that have been like, bye, we're going to Boca Raton, bitch. We're leaving the raspberry. They're locked in. We froze them in. They're yours. So does do would wild berries also have traces of B12 or is that not? We don't know. We don't know. The thing with B12 is it's so cheap to supplement it that just everybody should. And it's water soluble. So you get too much. You're going to pee it out. It's not a big deal. So that's one where, you know, better safe than sorry. I personally like. Sorry. Sorry. My Canadian. Ontario just made a present. (laughs) Ontario is always here. Um, What are some uh, foods that are the most inflammatory foods? Okay, so (laughs) the most inflammatory food is fried processed meat because fried food, toxic oils, and processed meats are three of the most inflammatory foods. Now you've combined them all in one, so you've like deep fried, let's say, a patty, right? So now you've got heterocyclic amines, which are these mutagenic compounds that form. And by mutagenic, I mean they can change our DNA. Not for the good. They're not going to give you superpowers. They're actually going to activate DNA that is not good. Let's say you're somebody who's who has the breast cancer gene, for example. You're at higher risk. Epigenetics tells us that if you live an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, your likelihood of that gene activating is still lower than somebody who eats an inflammatory lifestyle and doesn't have that gene. So this is where our choices really, really matter. So... You want to stay away from heterocyclic amines, which means you want to do low and slow when cooking animal products and eating animal products. The faster you cook something at the higher temperature, the more of these carcinogenic compounds form. The lower and slower you cook it, so as opposed to deep frying, barbecuing, let's say like baking or, you know, steaming, if that's an option for like, let's say fish or something, you're not going to get as many of these compounds and it's not going to be as bad for you. But yeah, a processed fried chicken, for example, that's probably one of the most inflammatory foods on the planet because it's also battered in in wheat so you've got a little bit of everything in there so that'd probably be the absolute worst then there's high fructose corn syrup so when people are putting like table syrup over their pancakes that's not maple syrup guys support my chemicals the real chemicals (laughs) literally it's it's high fructose corn syrup it's synthesized from gmo corn the body can't break it down effectively it is so 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 thick and we're giving it to our children and we're wondering why they have so many health issues. Their focus is all over the place. They've got autism and all sorts of, you know, anxieties. It's it, for people to deny the source of issues that show up in the body and the brain to food. They're they're in complete denial. Exactly. This is something that I'm I'm I've been passionate about, too. Like, you know, whenever I go to a, a diner, I bring my own little syrup. Good, yeah. I'm like, if it ain't tapped from a tree, it's not going in me. Good. I don't I don't want something that was made in a petri dish. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I, I may have been made in a petri dish, but I don't want my syrup made in a petri dish. Exactly. You know, we control the things we can control and some things we can't control. And so that's the balance of life. But you know, as far as food connecting to all these things goes, I'd rather be a conspiracy theorist than a coincidence theorist. That's just a coincidence. That's just everything's just a coincidence. Guys, at some point. Not everything is a coincidence. We have to actually use our brains here and not wait for a peer-reviewed study to come out to say, hey, toxic food makes you sick. We have to use common sense. For some reason, we're living in the age of scientism where that has gone literally out the window. And all of a sudden, we have just, we've, we've lost our common sense. We have. So we've, well, we've become <laughs> completely, I was talking about this with Jim Quick. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Jim. He's, yeah. a great, he's amazing. amazing. We've become completely dependent on 
social media in the digital age to give us everything, to give us our opinions, to give us our education, to give us our information, our news, that we no longer are drawing common sense analogies on our own. And it's affecting everything. It's affecting all the choices that we're making. And so, you know, when people say, oh, that's common sense, people don't even have common sense anymore. It's something you actually actively have to work at now more so than ever, because it's so easy to have your handheld device do all the thinking for you, especially when it comes to food and diet, you know, I had this conversation with my sister this morning, actually, um, someone we know has terminal cancer and she's like, it's too bad, you know, cause he, he was healthy and I know, and I'm sure you may feel, maybe I'm wrong. There's a small percentage of shit that just goes wrong. It goes awry and, and there's no definitive cause or, or reason. It, it, it's just the, the chaos of the universe. But when it comes to cancer, That's something that if we had the ability to shrink ourselves down to a molecular size and get into the body, we could find a source and we could find a source and back in their environmental, however they lived in their environment, what their ancestors were doing. There's some reason why cancer was allowed to grow in the body. Do you believe that or am I completely fucking wrong? No, nothing, nothing comes out of thin air, literally nothing. But the thing is, you want to be for farts, but well, but that's diet, right? That's right. That, you know, there's a cause. So we need to, at the same time, understand that when we say these things, it's not like we're blaming the individual. I've had people in the past say, well, you can't say that because it sounds like you're blaming that person for getting, that's absolutely not the case. We were all born into a toxic, toxic world. We are being assaulted from every direction. There's atrazine in the water supply, Google atrazine. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, you know, the metals in the shots they give pregnant women. Yes, exact heavy metals. Exactly. So we have toxins coming at us from every single angle. And so we come into this world sometimes already toxic based on what our mother did. I mean, when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, you were in there because your mother was born with all of her eggs intact. So this is a tri-generational thing where, you know, we have sometimes some deep, deep, deep healing to do. And it's a process and you have to be patient and you have to do it because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. A lot of people want to change their diet, change their lifestyle, eat differently because they don't like something about themselves. That's why they're like, I want to go on That's a crazy fast. And I, this is my experience anyway, as a nutritionist, I hate my stomach fat. I want to fast and lose all this weight. I hate my uneven skin. I want to do this. I've got this. I want to take all these parasite killers, attack, attack, attack. And I sit down with this person now virtually because of the era we live in. And I say, have you ever, before doing the attack thing, tried the love thing? Yep. Actually, instead, you hyper nourish your body with more nutrition than you've ever gotten in your life. You go to bed really early. You turn off your screens at 9 p.m. You do things you love. You move your body every day. You make sure to laugh and smile, listen to funny comedians in their podcasts. What are you doing to love yourself and nurture yourself, body, mind, spirit? And most of them are like, no, I never tried that. I just, I've done diets. <laughs> yeah. And, and they don't have, you know, some of them don't have the desire to do it and others just don't know how to start. You know, it's the other debate that I have with people sometimes is, is the nutrition debate over willpower versus accessibility. And I, I yeah. spoke about it before. It's not just as easy as being like, well, you should know that an apple's healthier like you said, just as much as when we're born, um, 
when our, our grandmothers has our, have our mothers were in there, we also have adopted eating habits from people. And, you know, if you grow up in a household where egos and margarine and bottled chemical syrup are your breakfast, that's your idea of nutrition. That's your source of information. So it doesn't even rely, it's not even relying on willpower anymore. Now you're just a part of the, the, the process. Um, so I guess my question off of that is for those people and for anybody else like listening, what would you say would be a first step? I know you talk about love and I talk about that a lot on my podcast, self-love and self-care and having that conversation with yourself, how you should love yourself. And uh, I love that and haven't heard that, you know, coming from a place of wanting to change because you hate yourself. That makes so much sense. Uh, what would you say to people who do want to change? What is one of the first things that they can do in the direction of, you know, a plant-based lifestyle because i think that that is something that people equate with expensive oh it's too expensive i can't do that so first and foremost think of a plant forward lifestyle right not the whole world doesn't have to be a perfect vegan for us to solve these massive problems that we're facing as far as you know environment food quality animal agriculture we just have to move in a direction where most of us are eating primarily plants so that's a good first step so it can be affordable to get, you know, non-organic fruit, vegetables, things like that. It's always better to get non-organic than to say, I can't afford organic, so I might as well not eat this. There's antioxidants, phytochemicals, fiber. There's important things in there that will help you pull out any toxins. Soak your fruit and veggies in salt water, and that's going to remove, you know, about half the pesticides, maybe more just from that. What? So, yeah. This is, so you know how you can buy those pesticide removers at, you know, grocery stores and stuff? And yeah, those like, little, like, like green bottles. bottles. Yeah. What actually works, so those remove about half of pesticides, so does a really good rinse in water, and then you get even more than that. The exact amount differs based on the type of pesticide, but significantly more than 50% by just putting a little bit of salt, a little bit of Celtic sea salt in a bucket of water and soaking your fruit and vegetables that way. Then you scrub it. You don't want to peel because there's so many nutrients in the skin, you know, zucchini, cucumbers, things like that. Right. Yeah, then just, you know, give them a little scrub and take them out. So then you don't need to worry as much about buying organic. You save a lot of money there. That's amazing. That's an amazing tip. (laughs) It's really cool. And and you should just Google that. I'm not making this up. Salt water a little bit actually really does take out a ton of pesticides. It's very cool. And then um, I used to teach classes, actually. One of them was called Vegan on the Cheap. Um, Now I would call it plant-based on the cheap because times have changed in the last decade. But um, things like you can buy in bulk. So when you want to switch your diet, you want to be healthy, you can do it one of two ways. You can do it the cheap way or you can do it the easy way. So if you want to do it the cheap way, it's just going to take a little bit more effort. But as it starts to become more of a habit, it feels less like effort. So you buy things like, you know, brown rice dried, quinoa, things like that. And it's dried form. You soak it overnight. This is also going to make it healthier for you as well because you're going to remove phytic acid, which is the anti-nutrient coating on the outside. Um, that's on like, you know, when you hear about lectins, everyone's afraid of lectins. Or yeah. Lectins. Most My lectins. Aunt Betsy hates lectins. <laughs> so My Aunt Betsy's the healthiest person I know. And she's like, fuck lectins. <laughs> So if someone has an autoimmune disorder, I can kind of see why. But for the average person, you know, you don't worry about like a lot of the longest lived populations, which we can also talk about what they do. They're eating lots of lectins, um, but they soak them in water first, which removes most of them. And then you cook them and then you remove even more. So 
you can remove a lot of these lectins, uh, these anti-nutrients from your food. They're going to digest better and it's going to be cheaper. So do things like a chickpea curry with coconut and different vegetables, you Ooh. know, quinoa dishes. You can make stuff very, very affordably if you're buying it dried. You buy your dried, you know, I like mung beans. If you're switching over, you're not used to eating any beans or anything like that. Get some mung beans. These digest really well compared to, say, black beans or kidney or something like that. Those are really good for you. Mung black beans, beans always <laughs> jack me up, man. Woo! Yeah. Beans make it sound like I I learned like I'm a part of a jazz quartet, like well, literally. Talent, but maybe not one that everyone appreciates. So thank you, thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> so if you don't if you don't want to go that route, um, of course, as the bacteria changes, right, you'll be able to break down things differently. Someone might have low stomach acid if they've eaten mostly animal products their whole life. These things change, but in the short term, if someone doesn't want to join your quartet, they should just. <laughs> <laughs> are a little easier to digest. Um, but you can do things very, very affordably. Now, if you want to eat the processed vegan burgers and have all the fancy stuff and, you know, buy everything pre-made for you. If you're in LA, you want to shop at Erewhon. Yeah, it's going to be really, really it's expensive. so expensive. Yo, I had a smoothie there the other day. Twenty five fucking dollars, girl. It was delicious, though, I have to say. I know. I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. When I'm in L.A., it's like a it's a guilty pleasure. I go there. I have a fourteen dollar matcha latte. And then and I'm like, oh, I got to go donate some money to charity. What am I doing with my life? But, you know, it's, it's OK to have that balance and treat yourself to that stuff. But obviously it's not sustainable and realistic for 99% of the population to live like that. So you can, you make your own almond milks, you know, you can buy from bulk stores, from bulk sections, almonds, and you just blend them in the blender with water. I like to add like a date to add a little bit of sweetener if I want a sweet almond milk. Um, and then you strain it out with uh, either through a strainer or through a nut milk bag. And what did yeah. you call me? A nut milk bag. <laughs> milk those nuts. Milk them. <laughs> It really no, is amazing, like what you can do, and I'm sure people are listening. Like, I don't have any fucking time to do that. Well, she did tell you that this is not the easiest route, but you this is a way. Oh, you just soak some almonds in a bowl. You know, you soak some mung beans in a bowl. You literally forget about them overnight. You go to bed in the morning. You rinse the water out, and then you let them sprout on the counter. And then, you know, if you're making almond milk, you take that handful, you put it in the blender, you add some water, and you go. You press the button. And then it's done. Then you pour it through a strainer. That literally takes two minutes. Everyone has two minutes. I really hope everyone can do that. That is like, if you can't do that, but you use Instagram, your priorities are completely out of whack. Say that part again. I mean, seriously, look, check your screen time before you say you don't have any time to make almond milk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> check your screen time before you say you don't have any time for anything. Truly. What is, um, you talk a lot about gut health and gut health is something that I'm on a constant journey for because my family definitely has gut issues and we're a lot of our inflammation and irritation is centered around our belly. What is something that causes inflammation in the gut the most that you found in your research? Okay, so overall, poor gut health is going to come from a poor diet, but the quickest way to destroy your gut health in an otherwise healthy individual is antibiotics. So, of course, taking high doses of antibiotics when you're sick, um, overprescribing them to children is a huge problem, but people forget that animal products are full of antibiotics because these animals are living That's in right. conditions. I remember when I was doing my master's, this was like in 2013, um, one of the senior lecturers, she was talking about how she thought the next pandemic would actually be antibiotic resistance from what we're doing in factory farms. And, uh, you know, that and that was the belief system in the scientific community that we are, I think it's something like over 80% of all antibiotics in the world are given to farm animals. And then we eat those. So, I mean, I don't, but 
you people, you people eat those. <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't look at me. Don't you look at me. Don't you group me into those you people. Those burgers, I don't know. So, of course, there's alternatives where, you know, there are when people are like, oh, yeah, I buy my meat from a local farmer. Really? Because every time you go eat a Chipotle, that's not your local. Actually, I think they do use antibiotic-free, so that maybe is They do. Chipotle does. And Burger Lounge does. Yeah. So there are some there's some companies now who are who are trying. But for the most part, when you go out to eat at restaurants, things like that, you know, I tell people when you're going to eat meat, eat it at home. Then you can control the quality. You can get it from a better supplier. You know, you don't need to eat it at a restaurant. That's when you go a little bit more plant based. And that also might give you some ideas of different meals to make at home if you aren't super creative in the plant based world. But yeah, leave the animal products for when you're at home and you can have quality control there. But and also support companies that are doing the right thing. That's pretty awesome as more and more of them start to do it then the demand will increase but we'll probably be you know eating cloned meat as a society before we even get there so a hundred percent we're gonna turn into the people from wally did you ever see the movie wally that's exactly what's happening to the world and i remember i was doing edibles one time watching wally and i had a complete panic attack because i was like oh this is happening now yes this is what we're turning into we're turning into screen obsessed addicted fat fucks and you can't say fat fuck because it's like oh my god it's not my fault but there's 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 so many things going on in someone's lifestyle and the history of people that some people are fat because they're lazy and and they're they're not putting in the effort to do what they need to do and then there's other people who don't have the information you know there's so many different areas of uh someone's life and things that happen in society that can cause it to go either way and we have to have that conversation you know and as as a skinny bitch i get yelled at because it's like oh you can't call fat people fat well fat people been calling me me skinny my whole life like i've had fucking control over it I have, you know, because of what I ate as a child, it's made me like hyperactive and have, you know, nine poops a day. Hey, Brad Pitt, do you want to be my boyfriend? Um, there's there's so many things that are in your control and so many things that aren't in your control. And that's the m- bigger conversation that we're having here is what is in your control? What can you do to prolong your life and not just prolong it, but like live healthy so that you can be healthy within society because tox toxicity within an individual is toxicity within a society. There's no way that a a toxic person doesn't contribute to the toxicity of a society on multiple levels. And I I am, and I have been a firm believer that the source of mental health, the source of my own personal health is healthy food and the healthier I eat, the stronger the correlation between toxic food and toxic mood makes itself apparent. When I eat something bad the next day, I am in a bad mood. Like I was at my sister's house and I can't remember exactly what the meal was. We had eaten out. And the next day I was a fucking Wolverine, a Wolverine, you know? And, and I know that there's a correlation between that. Um, You know, I guess one of the things that keeps me going is the fact that I had the experience with my dad and seeing him deteriorate and and wanting to know what I could do so that other people don't have to go through that. And and through my research, I discovered health and and not just health, but, but 
nutrition and how much nutrition contributes to Alzheimer's and dementia and all the other um, types of dementia under that um, umbrella. Have you found like within your research and I know you've had um, post-college certifications, certifications, what is something that you've found that is a huge correlation between, I don't know if this is something you've studied, but what people eat and diseases that are neurodegenerative, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and, um, you know, sort of brain issues. Have you, is that something that you studied through your nutrition courses? This was more something that was very lightly brought up, let's say, um, during, during my studies, but a lot of it I had to kind of dig a little bit deeper and figure out. So, of course, there's plaques in the brain, um, which is why Alzheimer's in in some medical circles is being reclassified as type 3 diabetes. Yep. So, coming from a high, high-fat diet, basically, we're seeing, um, we're seeing these same blood flow issues and things like that. And something also, a tip I can give men, you know, it's kind of a big joke, erectile dysfunction. It Actually, if you start having erectile dysfunction, that is the first sign that you are on a path to have heart disease and potentially have Alzheimer's or dementia later on. Blood flow is blood flow. So that is the first sign that your blood flow is not effectively moving throughout your body. So that's damn. The- if your dick's broke, you're, you might get Alzheimer's unless, of course, it's anxiety driven or, you know, if it's psychological. But if you are a healthy individual, you've never had problems like that. You don't all of a sudden have performance anxiety as a man. You're getting a bit older. Your diet is not good. And yeah, all of a sudden your boners aren't where they should be that's the first thing you need to be looking at is what is my diet am i eating a high fat diet from animal products and we've been told so many lot we were told to eat that shit as kids yeah we were told especially in the american culture you know meat for breakfast lunch and dinner in in factory high mass produced farm cow fed cows is what we ate as children that's what we ate but it's marketing, right? A lot of people don't realize that these industries, they have multi-billion dollar annual marketing budgets to sell you stuff. Whenever you see something all over the place, it's, you know, whatever the product may be, bombarded in your face, in your face, do this, do this from industry, from government. You're being sold a product, guys. You're being, you're partaking in a big marketing campaign and whether or not you buy the product remember is up to you no matter how much pressure there is on you to buy the product buy the product you're still being sold something and you have your autonomy to say no you don't have to do what you were being told by by industry and so yeah the the meat diet you know three times that it meat eggs dairy when people realize that this was an industry-funded diet guide and it's not evidence-based, all of a sudden their mind cracks open to the possibility that perhaps the people in charge of our health aren't actually looking out for our health. You know, they're looking out for industry. Girl, they are looking out for, they're looking out for, for their wealth. Exactly. They're deteriorating our health to increase their, to increase their wealth. It is not a conspiracy theory. It is common sense that industries with stakeholders and shareholders that are multi-billion dollar industries would be more incentivized to make money than go bankrupt. This is just common sense. So we can all accept this common sense or we can have collective Stockholm syndrome and just deny it to the end of days. You choose your own reality, but I'm choosing to actually see the reality here and see what these foods are doing to people. Now, this doesn't mean if you eat a little bit of meat, you're going to get Alzheimer's before anybody makes that conclusion. We're talking about a high fat diet, decades of overeating these foods, also low B12. How could someone eating a high animal fat diet also be low in B12 if we're getting it from animals, right? Right. Absorption isn't really there. Animals aren't getting B12 the way they're supposed to they're not getting soil trash the soil's completely trashed it's not fertile and they keep 
they put chemicals into the ground to force it into fertilization and it's you're you're it's just a chemical produced ground and in yeah. um I was talking with uh are you have you heard of Dr. Sebi? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's like the, you know, you ha- you say that name and then you're like <laughs> looking for a red dot. You're looking for like a red dot from the government. I feel like yeah. they have that name, you know, probably everyone's phone. If you say Dr. Sebi, they're like, we found him. We found him. We got to get rid of him. If you guys haven't heard of Dr. Sebi, he has since passed, but he, I'm sure, you know, somebody that you know about because he was a, a, an extreme health pioneer mm-hmm. and plant-based health back in the 60s. Yep. This guy was claiming that he cured AIDS and can cure cancer and could cure all these diseases, not himself with his magical hands, (laughs) but with his information, with his information about a more plant forward, plant based diet. And, you know, I follow Dr. Sebi on Instagram hashtags. You know, I follow like mental health, brain health, Dr. Sebi and also Brad Pitt because your girl's, you know, getting her body ready just in case he is on the prowl and is sad because of Angelina and she's making it very difficult in her divorce. Anyways. Um, (laughs) One of the things Dr. Sebi preaches is sour, uh, uh, sea moss. CMOS, yep. Now, can you t- can you clarify or educate us a little bit about CMOS? What's yeah. what's the deal with CMOS? I want them soaking in my fridge. I'll show you. Oh, so, are you flirting? <laughs> show you my CMOS, girl. Well, <laughs> it is one of the most nutrient-dense foods because it has so many minerals. And minerals are what we're all lacking because our soil is dead. So CMOS is a really, really good way to fill those nutritional gaps in our diet of micros. Our society is obsessed with macros. We're obsessed with my protein, my carbs, my fats. We are not obsessed with what we should actually be obsessed with, which is our nutrients. Where are the nutrients coming from? So CMOS is going to cover your micros. That's going to have, you know, if it's a good quality one, tons and tons of all these amazing things that are missing from our soils and we're going to get it from the ocean. So really good thing to add into your diet. You just buy it dried and you soak it in water, rinse it, soak it again. Um, I like to soak it for a full 24 hours, give it some rinse and then I blend it and it doesn't smell great. You know, it It does not smell great. It's girl. It's rough. You're like, damn, did Ariel is Ariel on her period? What is going on in this kitchen? It's rough. It's like a, it's like mermaid puss. It yeah it's it's mm, yeah but how do you consume it how do you because it, it is ginger. I take some fresh ginger and I blend it right in there with the sea moss and the water in my blender and I make a gel and it's got a bit of a ginger taste and now and that's good then you, do don't you just really shoot it back um, well it's a gel right consistency so I take it with a spoon and yeah you just swallow it like a teaspoon a day uh, tablespoon a day tablespoon a day yeah and and you know um what are the properties of sea moss like what what is what is sea moss doing to our body so it's a good source of iodine first of all so that's something that a lot of individuals are low in um and people on plant-based diets do need to watch out for iodine as well if they're not consuming uh, seafood so good source of iodine and then really good source of you know so many other minerals all these things that we should be having you've got your selenium your zinc your magnesium your manganese it's gonna i mean the properties are gonna there's different types right there's like condus crispus there's irish moss there's like a jamaican sea moss so they all are going to have slightly different things 
things, but we love diet diversity. So mix it up, try different types of sea moss. You can also find health food stores. I know there's so many in LA that sell it already in the gel form where you just eat it by the spoonful. Um, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try. I'm a little scared to have it in my house. I feel like it's going to come to life at night and suffocate me. (laughs) So you're going to have to tell me where I should get it. Um, We've gone a little bit over the time. I promised you. I have one last question and then I want you to tell everybody where to find you. Um, What, what can you say to people listening who want to get healthy, don't know where to start, or maybe are having a hard time sort of getting the motivation to step into a life of self-love and eating that is reflecting that, that motto? So, I mean, make small changes at first and be gentle on yourself. You didn't achieve your current health status overnight, so you're not going to undo it overnight either. Um, And just start by adding in, you know, start adding in green juice before you focus on what you're going to take away, because that can be overwhelming for people. What can you add in? You know, the company I'm a co-founder of in Los Angeles, Vitable, that was part of our mission is to make green juices and healthy plant-based bowls available to people who are busy. So you could just add these things in, you know, add in a little bit more fruit to your diet, add in a green smoothie. Whenever you make a smoothie, put green greens in really good way to get another huge handful, a big, big serving of greens in. Um, and just, you know, small incremental steps. If that works for you, I was an all or nothing girl. So I had to change it all overnight <laughs> for me, but you know who you are, you, you know, within your own scope of integrity, do the best that you can for you and do it from a place of love. When you start doing things and cause you're trying to change things, cause it's something you don't like about yourself. You got to rewire your approach and you also have to, you know, we're, we're tribe animals here. So we are, we're, we're pack creatures. We are biologically hardwired to not want to go against the pack because in the past that was our survival. You're isolated from the pack. You die, you starve, you get killed by a neighboring tribe. So the problem is right now, our tribe is not a healthy tribe. We're not healthy, wealthy, wise. We're not, we're just not that we are drugged up. We're eating terrible food. We are, you know, overall not thriving as a society. So our subconscious mind, even if our conscious mind wants to be better is saying, well, I don't know. It's pretty scary if we leave that tribe behind and we go to a new tribe. So now, since we can't change the overall societal tribe overnight, you have to change your immediate tribe. What are you feeding yourself? And not just this, not just the food. What are you feeding yourself? What music are you listening to? Are you listening to depressing mm-hmm. songs all the time? Are you listening to songs that degrade women? Are you listening to songs that you know make you feel like crap and make you cry about your ex? Are you watching television that is inundating you with like just the worst parts of society? Tons of alcohol, tons of coffee, terrible relations. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right, but at the same time, you want to change. What are you surrounding your subconscious mind with as this is the herd? What are you immersed in? You have to change that. All of a sudden, you have to start spending time and having conversations and talking more to people that are the type of herd you want to be in. And then your subconscious mind is going to go, oh, we better level up if we want to be in that. Yes, 100%. you that'll help you on your path you got to overcome these subconscious desires to belong to the wrong herd find a new herd rewire your subconscious mind affirmations like cheesy stuff like that these things literally help because we're always being programmed but we choose who programs us is it the media is it music is it instagram is it our you know whoever's in our life or are we going to program ourselves you can put a post-it note on your mirror that says, I am, whatever you want underneath. You can put 10 of them. I don't care if you look like a lunatic when your friends and family come over. Tell them to those affirmations. While they I write eat. on my mirror and makeup. I have my, I have like <laughs> affirmations on my mirror and makeup. And I've got one right now that says you are magic. And you are. Yes, girl. Excuse me. Shining bright. 
<laughs> you are your mind and your being and your your like endless cache of information is amazing. You're like the greatest podcast guest ever. I feel like you and I could talk for four hours without a missing a beat. Where can my listeners find you? Where can they find Vitable? And they already know a little bit about you from the intro, but let them know where they can connect with you and and also book a consultation with you as well. Sure. So on Instagram, Sarah Brando, S-A-R-A-H-B-R-A-N-D-O-W. You can find Vitable on Instagram, V-I-T-A-B-O-W-L. If you're in California, we'll be East Coast soon, but for now it's California. Um, Anyone familiar with BioAccelerator? I do their webinars every week, so you can check out BioAccelerator on Instagram. And yeah, my website is sarahbrando.com. And the reason I have energy for all these amazing projects is because of diet. So if you feel like you want to be doing more and taking on more projects, add some green juice in, see where life takes you. And if you guys want a little bit of motivation and help, you can check out the show notes after this show to just be able to click and find Sarah immediately and also be able to possibly have her be a part of your tribe. So thank you so much. I am going to go throw everything out in my fucking refrigerator (laughs) and I'm going to go put sea moss on a leash. (laughs) You are so great, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking time today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. This is lots of fun. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.